the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. you got Mark Daly and Carrie Waddell. And Carrie, it was 22 years ago on a, on a Tuesday mm-hmm. when life in America changed forever. Mm-hmm. So, lest we forget. What are you trying to call? The doctor is not answering the phone. Our number one is in staff and our five is in staff. Hey, I am in a situation where the American learned a possible hijack. What's going on, Betty? The crap is erratic again. Oh, you're erratic. Betty, talk to me. Betty, are you there? 2,977 was a death toll here. Betty? The plane is... What? Is it 737? It was. Like the World Trade? Who are you talking to? Oh, God. Oh, my Forty-two million have listened to this YouTube video. Cleveland, if you hear the sound of identity. 
It was over Cleary. Mm, I remember that. And there's video for all this, too, Carrie. If you want to see this, it's on. He's down? Yes. Why did he land? He did not land. Oh, he's down? Yes, somewhere up northeast of Camp David. So it's called 9-11 as events unfold. Uh, it goes on and on. You know, I just, I'll, you know, it, it's it's going for what, 22 years? So it's a generation, right, since it's mm-hmm. happened. And, Carrie, your kids are too young to remember, right? Right, yeah. My, I only had one kid at the time. The one kid, yeah. yeah. I had all my children, but only the, the, the oldest millennials will remember it. Mm-hmm. The younger millennials probably won't remember it. The Z generation won't remember any of it. Right, yeah. My um, oldest was two. But they, you know, there's been some reflections, and you know, one of the the news agencies, Pew and stuff, they they, they kind of looked over. The, they keep going back and asking questions about people's memories or feelings, right? At the time, so this is pretty interesting. The first one they did was, um, you know, right after the uh, the event, the catastrophe, right? So the at the time, sixty-three um, percent majority of Americans said they couldn't stop watching the news coverage. I right. was in that. Group. Oh yeah. The other percentage couldn't bear to watch it. That was more like my wife. Right. She couldn't watch any of it. It was just too emotional. Um, right after the events, later in September of after September eleventh, seventy-one percent of Americans felt depressed. Fifty percent had admitted have difficulty concentrating, and a third of them said they had trouble sleeping. Now, it, it's it. Now it was also the time it was before iPhones, care right? Where we couldn't, you know, we had to get off. That's why it was everyone was glued to the TV set, right? Because there was no other social media that that you could get stories from. So you know, ninety nine percent of Americans got most of their news from watching the TV. Um, only about 5% people were getting information online. How life has changed over 20 years, right? Um, okay, three weeks after 9-11, okay, still 87% said they felt angry about the attacks. Okay. Um, then they, the, the surveyors went back a year later, okay, and they asked the people, how have your lives changed? Because we always said it changed life in America. I certainly believe that. Right. So how were Americans feeling? So a year after, half the adults said they felt more afraid, 
they were more careful, more distrustful, more distrustful, and more vulnerable as a result of the attacks. Mm-hmm. Because it was on our soil, American now, soil. Now, when you went to the actual soil, New York right? City, New oh, York, yeah, for sixty-one percent. Washington, sixty-three percent. Well, yeah, they actually. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, they continue to say the impacts of September 11th attacks were deeply felt and slow to dissipate. OK, um, the, uh, the, the you know, actually, they said by the following August, half of U.S. adults in the country has changed in a major way. So they, they you know, again, people 50 percent of the country said my life has changed in a major way. Um, that number, Carrie, actually increased 10 years later. Okay. Where 61% in a reflection said that was the event that changed okay. my life um, forever. Okay. Um, 15 years after 9 11, 76% of adults named the September 11th tax as one of the 10 historical events of their lifetime. Okay. Okay. Um, and, you know, that's, yeah. Um, and I would it'd have to be, I, I would say, the, t- the top five historical events of my lifetime. Okay. I mean, maybe it was the Challenger. Maybe, right. you know, the I mean, ha- happy things, right. moon landing and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, they say the importance of 9-11 transcends everything. Age, gender, geographic, or even political differences. You know, Mark, I'm just going to say this just because you said that. Because regardless of political differences or sexual orientation or race or whatever our country though after that came together more than any i remember like people rallied people were in churches people were reaching out to communities going to new york helping rescue like people just help where can i jump in and help people were flying the flag people were kinder to each other like i know people were feel but i feel like it uh, it was such a tragedy where afterwards america do our best i mean Military enrollment in that first year was, I mean, there was over 180,000 joined active duty and 72,000 joined the reserves. After that, I had a neighbor that was, uh, um, he had gotten out of the army and served his time. He went back in as a helicopter pilot. Like, I mean, I knew people that went back in where now we have, talk about a stark difference. I mean, now we're struggling right. to get people to join That's... the military because things have changed. And, and talk about how divisive. I mean, and it that... was terribly and tragic, but I think that tragedy where like people like, how can we help? Who cares who you are? Like, you're my, you're an American and we're, let, what can we do to help? Right. I mean, uh, the, yeah, Americans, you know, uh, they mentioned that, Carrie. They, they you know, turned to religion and faith in large numbers. I remember, you know, the Sunday after that Tuesday, mm-hmm. the, my church was packed. Oh, I mean, it was yeah. standing room only. Prayer, and, prayer vigils. Um, and, yeah, in, in November of 2001, 78% said religion's influence in American life was increasing. Compare that to today. Compare that to the the, the right. next maybe greatest historical event in my right. lifetime, which is the Rona, right? You know, and and which closed down churches and, right. and numbers which is have the never gotten better. Of what, right? Um, yeah, and uh, they they also say yeah. So so seventy eight percent religions influence America was increasing more than double the share who said month, eight months earlier that was happening. Um, and they also said the public trust in the federal government was the highest level in decades. You know, and and, and um, now, it's yeah, a and joke. compare that to today. That's what I'm saying. What one generation are, are does. we bet? Yeah, no. So, so I'll never forget. And as long no. as I'm doing this radio show, I will keep 
commensurating on. Okay, Gary, I guess. All right. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information, talk about news, financial news, issues that could impact your financial life, make you aware of choices problems, opportunities. We're sponsored by the estate planning team that is an affordable fee-based fiduciary planning firm. We've been around now more than 36 years helping people navigate their financial life, whether they're working and want to know when they can afford to retire or what things they should do while they're working to set up a great retirement or when they can afford to retire. Or if you're already in retirement, how can I either spend more? Am I underspending? How do I create the income when wages end? tax efficiently or make sure that I'm not headed for potential problems or traps or things that could cost me more or not spending because I'm worried about different things, whether it's a premature death of a spouse, a long-term care stay, um, a recession, whatever that may be. Um, We do modeling and number crunching and provide people with objective, unbiased analysis. We're not investment advisors. We look at our clients' assets in terms of risk, growth, and tax efficiency and help them know, you know, look at that and then build a financial model and say, are you taking on more risk than necessary to accomplish your financial goals? We offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation. We offer that by phone or in person. We're actually scheduling now through the end of the year. And um, whether, again, you're working or in retirement, this is a time of year where we start looking at year-end planning opportunities. Are there steps you could be taking that can minimize future tax liability. Are you missing some opportunity? Each tax year stands alone. Um, there's a lot of issues, whether it's qualified charitable distributions, IRA distribution planning, Roth conversions, so many other issues, timing of social security that you don't want to miss. So take advantage of that free consultation. I also wanted to mention, um, we still have space for our upcoming annual IRA tax qualified asset and Roth planning classes in September. The only time we're doing those this year. Um, we have a class this coming Tuesday, September 12th at the Middleburg Community Center at 10 a.m. This class is specifically for people who have IRAs, company retirement plans, or similar assets. We're going to talk about rules, costly mistakes, misconceptions, strategies to minimize the overall tax impact and look at it. Talk about the tax wrappers and how different assets are taxed. We're going to talk about Roth contributions, conversions, the impact if you follow minimum required distribution. In many cases, it's going to create more tax dollars for you. Definitely the most costly asset to pass to your Airs, it can cause Medicare premiums to go up. There are many missed opportunities that people um, don't take advantage of and be proactive. There's great handouts included. We do ask that you pre-register. We do have that Tuesday, which is next week. So call if you'd like to register um, the 12th at 10 a.m. at the Middleburg Community Center. And the only other one we're doing is Wednesday, September 20th at 6 p.m., also in Middleburg Heights, but at our Interstate Plaza building office. So if you want to register, again, there's a great handout included. Um, The class goes over concepts and strategies. Or if you want a free consultation, part of the consultation is looking at that specific issue and running preliminary numbers so we can show you the impact if you followed minimum. And I think that's shocking to many people. So if you can't make the classes, call us for a free consultation, again, by phone or in person. You can call 440 239 
440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Yeah, and this year's class, you know, we always try to bring a little bit something that's actually been happening more recently. This has been our our most popular class for decades. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is because new people all the time are going to the first time. So it really covers the basics. As well as though the the and there's been so much recent tax law changes, Carrie. You know, with the Secure Act one, or really President Trump's Tax Act, you know, Jobs Cut Tax Act of 2017. Then you had the Secure Act one of 2019. Then we had the Secure Act two of 2022, and we're still getting clarification on what the law really is telling us to do. In other words, Congress has made the tax code so complex it prevents compliance. That's mm-hmm. what I keep saying. Case in point, Gary, remember a few weeks ago on the program, I was mentioning about one of the Secure Act changes was that it was for a certain individuals starting next year in 2024, if you were contributing to a 401k and mm-hmm. you were doing the 50 plus catch up, that if you made over $145,000, your catch up had to go into the Roth option. You could no longer elect to have it go pre-tax where you would get the tax deduction up front. And that that's so complex. And now a lot of people say, well, why is that so complex, Mark? It's because, well, it's just, there's so many reasons. One, it puts a complete burden on the payroll departments to try to figure out and keep track of all that. And Carrie, how did they come up with 145,000, do you think? I have no idea. It, it, and, 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 and really, because why isn't it 140,000? Why isn't it 150,000? It's our government. It's be, it's because every dollar counts, right? Because if it if they made it one hundred and forty six thousand dollars, it'd be lost in revenue for the government, right? And taxes, they, right? And 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 so it, it's because they have to get everything under a certain budget, or you know, thought, and, and so it's they have to calculate it down. That's why it's a hundred and forty five. And by the way, is the hundred and forty five going to go up inflation? Should it be going up with inflation? Well, if it doesn't, that's going to help the government to and, and, generate more revenue. And what happens if people are changing jobs during the year? Is it a cumulative $145,000? How is the new payroll department going to keep track of how much the the new employee made prior to getting to them? If they're responsible for somehow saying, okay, the, the, the employee now is over 145000 is it going to be based on the past year? So 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 I guess is it 145,000 W2 or is it 145,000 adjusted gross income? You know because how is the payroll department know what the you know I could go on and on and on. And so I well, a few weeks ago I was mentioning that the the tax accountants you know you know the, the you know the they they were just throwing their arms up the payroll departments were throwing their arms up everyone was complaining to to the IRS and and really, don't blame the IRS mm-hmm. it, it's Congress's job so anyways relief is here Carrie no it's not going to be implemented say, no. in 2024. Oh, go figure. Um, there's you mean a, 2024, yeah. So they're kicking the can down the road? Two years. Okay. So as sponsors continue to beg for relief, IRS has now given them you know, the, the what they've been asking for. 
Um, so 401k participants over age 50 can continue to make catch-ups after 2023. Remember the first thing, the, the, the way they wrote the law, it actually eliminated the catch-up. Remember, it was a, a drafting error, a scrivener error, and they had to correct that. So that's been corrected. Everyone knew that was going to be corrected, but anyways, so they corrected that. But then they also, they say, yeah, employers get more time to satisfy the Roth 401k catch-up change. So IRS is giving two years of administrative relief until 2026. Um, so payroll providers and others have extra time to implement the change. Carrie, do you think it's going to be ready by 2026? I doubt it. Of I just think not. it's so complicated. Right. Of People not. are going to fight it. Um, anyways, will that ever be implemented? I don't know. I'm not holding my breath. Um, we'll see. Um, anyways, but but back to the class. So there's so much there. So, you know, then, the, you know, with some of this, you know, the, the qualified charitable contributions is a big part of it, Carrie, right? You know, more and more of our clients are asking us about that. Um, so we'll be talking about that. We're talking about Secure Act 1, Secure Act 2. We'll be talking about some of these changes that keep getting kicked the can down the road because it's so complex. No one understands them, including the IRS <laughs> or, or well, whatever. The IRS is still trying to interpret what our p- people in Congress are. And, well, our Congress, they're back to work, though, Carrie, right? They're, they're, the summer recess is over. Well, our elected official, at least they're back to work for the month, right? Because the, the government's going to shut down at the end of the month, right? I d- oh, we're going to delay that again? Well, that's the next thing. They're they, going to play chicken and right make a now, decision. Yeah, right now. I'll be, you know, turning on the panda camera at the end of the month, Gary, see if the government shut down. So they got to work they're on not, that. They're not. They're just going to wait and then delay it again. I still want to know where that COVID money is where they can't find Oh, I'm sure they know where every. I'm sure they know where every dollar of the Ukraine uh, money yeah. is going. Um, all right. What else are we going to talk about? So don't look now, Carrie. But we're next week gets to one of our, uh, you know, points of the year. We always talk about you know the third quarter estimated income tax. Speaking of taxes, right? Mm-hmm. So the third quarter estimated income tax, of course, is due September fifteenth, um, and. Actually, there's some news on that, Carrie. Okay. So, you know, it, it be, so we'll talk. So uh, usually, typically on this radio show program, it's usually the, you know, we're taping the show on Friday, but it airs on Saturday. Typically the Saturday before the next upcoming quarterly estimate, we kind of always do a review of how, you know, about estimated taxes. Because we right. learned long ago, you know, we've been doing this for 36 years. We learned many, many decades ago there that people going into retirement didn't really have a good idea about how the estimated tax system works. Mm-hmm. And and that's not really, un, you know, hard to imagine because while you were working, those payroll departments we were just referring to do a pretty darn good job of doing the right amount of withholding. So typically, you don't either, you know, wind up owing a ton of money on April 15th, being way underpaid, let's say, or also you're not usually typically getting a huge refund unless you plan it that way. And some, and uh, over the years, we've certainly met plenty of our clients who love getting big refunds. Right. And they set it up that way. Right, but isn't there might be a better way that you actually can use their money, especially with great fixed interest rates? Yeah. Maybe if you need the funds, I'd rather 
park it and get a four to five percent rate than giving the getting no interest on my money and waiting for april 15th right yeah so that's what we always say you know a lot of times yeah when we were in this low low interest rate for a couple of decades people say well mark who cares i mean you know um you know even if i left my money in a one-year cd or a six-month cd it wasn't going to earn anything that's not the case anymore um, now it goes the other way too, Carrie. We can flip that coin, and you don't want to wind up owing too much on April fifteenth, where you're charged an underestimated interest, right? And that a lot of people got laps or you know didn't care about in the low interest world because maybe they owed some money on April fifteenth, but the but the Federal Reserve, not the Federal, why am I saying the Federal Reserve? The, the IRS was still because of the low interest rates. The the interest penalty was not their money difficult. was earning more. Or it didn't. Else, it was right? immaterial. It really wasn't a, yeah, it was an, it was immaterial. But that's not the case, perhaps anymore, because right. like everything else, since the Federal Reserve has been raising interest rates, the IRS has been raising their rates on underestimated penalties. You know, on payments. Right. So we talk about the idea that when you go into retirement. You might want to get brushed up on, you know, how, what are those rules? You know, you know, we'll talk about the safe harbors today. But one of the things is, you know, with the quarterly payments. So, so there's some news on that, Carrie. So typically the four quarterly estimated payment due dates are April 15th, June mm-hmm. 15th, September 15th, and January 15th. And they've been that way forever. Right? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it was always somewhat curious is why is it staggered like that? Um, and so apparently there is bipartisan support right now in Congress to make it a little bit more standard, meaning that it they, they want to set it. So the four quarterly estimates fall equally, you know, 15 days right. after the end of an actual quarter. Okay. Like, that's how it is for April 15th. Right. You have March ending of the first quarter. Right. And it's due April 15th. Also okay. tax day, you know. Right. But why June 15th? Why is it not July 15th? Right. So they were going to change it to July 15th. And then why September 15th? Instead of October 15th. It's going to be put on to October 15th. And then the January 15th is okay the way it is because it's 15 days after the end of the year. So that's in the works. Um, it's not done yet. Um, I don't think, you know, anyone is going to contest it. Um, so keep an eye on that. So, you know, I, it's going to take me forever to make, to, because I've been saying that the third quarter estimates do September 15th as long as I've been doing this show, Carrie. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, you know, so we'll see. It's not done yet, but I think that's, there's pretty, uh, good support for that. And I wouldn't be surprised if that is implemented um in the next you know few years or if not sooner um so so what are all these rules about estimated payments and so you could say you know the general rule is that you know it's okay if you owe money on April 15th as long as you don't owe too much right mhm because if you owe too much you can get assessed an underestimated interest penalty um and is it a penalty? I don't know. It, I, that word is thrown around. It's it's not necessarily a penalty. It's under it. It's interest. It's it's just saying that. In other words, you're not penalized. You're not. You know, IRS isn't saying that the amount of tax that you reported was wrong. You know, if you report right. the wrong amount of tax, you know, even if it's not fraudulent, just you you forgot right. that. You know, you could be penalized for that. 
if it's right. a material amount, if you under, if you materially underestimated your actual tax. Mm-hmm. This is more that, no, the tax liability you reported was correct. It's just that you weren't timely paid. Right. So they're charging you an interest. Because you should have put it, they should have received it. Right. But there's ways to avoid that, by the way. I'm sure you're going to get to. Right. And so, but, and that's what we're saying is that it's okay if you owe some money, you won't be charged an interest. And it's based on what we call the safe harbors, mm-hmm. you know, the estimated tax safe harbors. And there's two major ones. Um, and maybe an offshoot, a third kind of offshoot one. But the 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 general, the first one is just you know what we call the previous year safe harbor, and that's a one the rule that says hey as long as you've paid in timely and timely is underlined right. um, at least a hundred percent of what your previous year tax liability was you're covered under the previous year safe harbor. Okay, mm-hmm. that's 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 the rule for federal and uh, our Ohio. Okay, now there's one caveat on the federal side, and that's if if in the previous year you had adjusted gross income in excess of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you have to bump up the hundred percent to one hundred and ten percent. Right. Okay, so it becomes the one hundred and ten percent previous year safe harbor. That's for federal. Ohio doesn't have that extra bump up. Ohio's still 100%. All right. Now, so, and and by the way, that is the default for most of the tax software programs. You know, if, if you, if, whether you're having a professional do your tax return or maybe you're using one of the, you know, software programs to do it at home. Um, typically if you're going that far and saying, you know, let me know what my quarterly estimates need to be tip, the default for the robot is to put you on the previous year safe Harbor because it doesn't know any better. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, it, what it, 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 it it's just going to assume that, well, I, at least I know what your previous, you know, because the robot just calculated what your tax is. So it knows that it's a known number where the right. current year is a guesstimate. Right. We're going to have to make some assumptions. So it, it, it's, yeah, because, yeah. And, and well, maybe I should jump to that, Carrie, then come back to this issue because the, remember I said there's two major, you know, things. But if, if you knew for sure that your tax liability, was going to be a lot lower this year than it was previous year. For example, let's say last year you were working and right, had a huge that's wage, an easier one. and this year you're not. Or what if you had a sale of a second or rental property last year, or you had a big capital gain because a company was sold and you had no control over it? Right. So it, it would be unfair for the government to make you pay 100% or perhaps 110% of the and previous year. And just wait year. around for a big refund. So you don't have to. You know, government says, so you could jump over and go on what's called the current year safe harbor. Mm-hmm. And under the current year safe harbor rule, it says that, hey, as long as, it, you know, they it, it, now that's much harder to do, Carrie, because right. you have to guesstimate every single line on your tax return, basically. Correct. All right. So the government understands that that's hard to guess that. So they give you a 10 percent buffer. OK, mm-hmm. so under the current year safe harbor rule, it says, hey, as long as you have at least 90 percent of your actual tax liability paid in timely, again, right. underlined, you are covered under the current year safe harbor. Now, 
here's something that a lot of my new clients carry when if we're if they're not aware of this their first question is well do I have to tell the government which one I'm using? No. no. No, you don't have to tell the government which one you're using. It just says that by the end, as long as you're covered by one of them, you should not be charged any underestimated interest. And by the way, the safe harbor you used last year may not be the safe harbor you use this year. Right. And may not be the safe harbor that you use next year. And that's, you know, people get into ruts a lot of times we see. Well, it's easy to go with previous year and just let the cards fall where they may. But it may interfere with if you're not being proactive, you could have cash flow issues. How many clients do we have? They're making those fourth quarter estimates and they're like, oh, we have to raise money um, to make these payments. And they have a cash flow issue that they don't need to be making those payments or maybe, you know, waiting around for a refund and trying to generate you know, and they'd say, what if, you know, we have a few clients over the years, we'd say, you don't have to make, I mean, you'll talk about, you can do it through withholdings or different things, but the more proactive you are, the bigger benefit it's going to help you. All right. So, so now there is a, so let's get back to the, like the current year safe harbor. And so let's say you're doing your best to guesstimate what your taxes are going to be the first quarter and the second quarter. And let's say you're making the quarterly estimates and then you get to the third quarter and you've been paying a certain amount in each quarter based on your best assumptions. Right. But let's say you get a big surprise in the fourth quarter. Okay. Okay. Um, That you weren't a big taxable event that you didn't know was going to happen in the first three quarters. Mm-hmm. So are you sunk now? Because, you know, in other words, one of the thing about making the quarterly estimates, you can't just blow off the first three and make a big fourth one. Right. That's not considered timely. So you're going to get dinged and char- probably charge some interest. So if that case, though, there is some relief there, and that's where you have to actually do what we call the annualization method. Right. right? And and that's where you actually, um, if you fall, if you you know, if you find yourself in that um, event where you are trying to pay in timely, you know, on a uh, you know on a quarterly basis, right? And you get a surprise, and now in the fourth quarter. And you say, oh, gee, I'm now going to be underpaid. And if I catch up on the fourth quarter estimate, I'm still going to be hit because it didn't go in evenly throughout the whole year. You know, I should have paid 25% in in April, 25% in June, 25% in September, and the final 25% in January. Well, no. So so there is a form. It's form 2210, you know, underpayment of estimated tax for, you know, individuals. And in part of that form is what's called the annualized income installments. And basically what your CPA has to do, or if you're doing it yourself, you have to kind of break down your income by quarter and then substantiate how much taxes you paid in by quarter. And under the annualization method, you, that may you may still be fine because you're saying, hey, this taxable event didn't happen to the fourth quarter right. and I made, I got the caught up on the fourth quarter. But if, but you know, a lot of our clients, especially in retirement, they don't want to mess around with those messy quarterly coupons. Correct. You know, they gotta, they gotta get the coupon. They gotta, you know, write a check. And now some of them do electronically, but most of ours still don't do electronically. Um, and 
then they got to get it, got to get an envelope, got to, you know, put a stamp on it and send it to the government. Now, if you are doing that, we always recommend that you keep a copy of the coupon and the check that you're sending any, you know, tax uh, government, whether it be federal or Ohio. Um, because Carrie, over the years, that's caused problems for our clients who haven't done that little you know, mm-hmm. extra work, right? Right. And sometimes when you get to filing your taxes, your memory is a little bit foggy on whether you actually did or how much you made in quarterly estimates. Right. Now, you can go back through your checkbook. Do, 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 or a lot do of the people, millennials even keep a checkbook? I don't know. There? I know a lot of people say if they do it online, it's timestamped, and then you can have your IRS login, and you can pull up a history. Right. But the, but, but the problem I've there with the time or with the online is you got to lock that in. Right. So if you have to change your estimate, you got to go back in. Well, no, you can just, I'm saying each quarter you can go in and make that payment. But some people do it up front. They just, they, you know, in other words, they're working with their CPAs and the CPAs just set it up, you know, for the whole oh, year. Oh, yeah, no, I would just, because uh, sometimes, guess what? We have those calls in January for our clients that we recalculate because you know stuff and we coordinate with the CPA and say, guess what? You don't have to make that fourth quarter estimate. Well, that's what we're talking about right. today. You know, that's what I'm going to get to, Carrie. Right. Yeah, exactly. That, that, you know, in other words, it, it, it can be burdensome and it's caused problems and w- with these quarterly estimates. We've had many clients, even now, call and say, I don't know how to get my coupons, Mark. Right. They, remember, the government used to send them to you. Or I don't even know if you they remember get, that, Well, Carrie. no, but you also got it printed. But you know what? People get busy and misplace things. No, and- really? <laughs> um, but so if you want to alleviate your that it, those issues, the other way you can pay your taxes is through withholding. Mm-hmm. All right. The way you did it when you were working and you weren't filing those silly coupons. Okay. Um, now, what, you know, the beauty of withholding is on the, the underlying word timely. Because the way the law works, as long as it's withheld by December 31st, the government treats it as coming in evenly throughout the whole year. So quite literally, we have lots of clients who don't make any quarterly estimated payments. Mm -hmm. And then in the fourth quarter, when they kind of realize how much in how much taxes they got to pay, they might. And and they already know that if they're following the previous year safe harbor, then when they do their, let's say, a final IRA distribution, maybe it's the final required minimum distribution. They just know how much withholding they need to cover their safe harbor and they just have it done. And even if it's done in December, the mm-hmm. government treats it as coming evenly throughout the whole year. So now a lot of people, though, they're not used to that because no one at your, you know, your IRA custodian um, isn't going to be after you about, you know, filling out the W-4s about withholding. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they it's always available and, and and they may say and you may get a form letter once that you put in your sock drawer or you put in your investment file that said, you know, you can make a withholding election when you request an IRA distribution. Um, Or now the other one is pensions. Mm -hmm. So pensions, they'll support federal 
withholding. Right. Do pensions support Ohio withholding? I care? think majority of ones I've seen do. Right. So here's a little trick you have to learn. You have to get prepared when you go into retirement, right? And what part of the story about people not understanding how they're going to get their taxes paid or to try to, you know, prevent the fan mail coming from the IRS, right? And and so the idea is Ohio doesn't require all custodians to support Ohio withholding. For example, a lot of the IRAs mm-hmm. that you may have will not support Ohio withholding. Now, your custodian may. It's a customer service if they do. But they don't have to. They don't have to. So you have to ask up front, you know, hey, do you support Ohio withholding if you want that? The my law, they all have to support federal withholding. Right. Now, it, it goes the other way, too. The problem, problem with our clients, you know, the surprises that they get in retirement is that if they have a 401k or a 403b, one of those company qualified plans, there's a mandatory 20% federal withholding. Mm-hmm. But what if I don't need 20%? What if I don't need any? Right. So that's surprise. That's why many people end up moving their 401ks to an IRA in retirement because they don't want to deal with a 20% mandatory federal withholding every time they have to take out some money. Or they can adjust maybe their pension withholding or if they were having withholding on Social Security or some other place, maybe adjust it to account for that 20%. Right. And so so that's... A, now, th- you mentioned the Social Security. So we can talk... Well, okay, I'm, I'm going to come back to that too, Carrie. But um, so so these are the issues. So, you know, you, know, you have to kind of understand if I'm going to plan my... Uh, that I'm, uh, I'm going to pay my estimated taxes in retirement by making withholding elections, well, then you have to figure out which assets you have or where the withholding is going to come from. So if you're getting pensions, like the standard you know, pension, that's going to mostly be very similar to your W-2, right? In right. other words, it, the process you went to, to set up your withholding when you're working for the employer right. will be very similar to set up the withholding for the pension from the Right, employer. and you usually have an option to do additional above what... Right. If it's a 401k or a 403b, you got to deal with that 20% mandatory federal withholding and whether or not they support Ohio withholding. Mm-hmm. Okay. If it's an IRA, you don't have the 20% mandatory withholding, but we have seen, Carrie, over the last few years mm-hmm. that all of a sudden the custodians are getting really picky and and defaulting the, a 10% right. mandatory withholding Unless on IRAs. You fill out, like if you just fill out the withdrawal, even if you write on the form, we ran into it last year, they said, oh, you need to fill out, what is it, the W-4 that you have to fill out and write zero if you want none. Right. It, the, the default is 10, and I think because people maybe owe taxes in their but they don't. They didn't have to do that, right? Now I don't know for sure. I have no idea, but I have a feeling the government leaned on those big mm-hmm. custodians and said, "Hey, look at you got to push the ten percent right." Withholding. So it's kind of a default unless you elect to do something else. I've actually had clients, Carrie, report to me that when they called, 
you know, because mm-hmm. typically right. they, they try to like set up online or something. They saw that 10%. They actually called and got the 800 number and got, right. you know, somebody on the line. And the person told them, oh, no, you have to do 10%. Oh, yeah. We had lots of calls last year. No, you don't have. The law does not say there's no. a mandatory 10% withholding on IRAs. Or maybe you want to skip the estimate. Sometimes we have people do 100% withholdings on an IRA. That's back to the idea that right. if, if, if you're waiting to the end of the year, and let's say um, you whatever you and you said, OK, oh, boy, I need five thousand dollars more withholding than what I've got in. And, you know, you want to do your you knew you were going to take it out of IRA at, at some point anyways. So now you say, hey, I want a five thousand dollar. Well, and let me give you a better example. Right. Here. Um, did I did I warn everyone that I could talk about estimated taxes for five hours? No. Um, do you think I could do it? Honestly, yeah, absolutely. I know you could do it. Easily. Um, but so one of the things is, um, so, so we, we have clients, so let's say they know what their required minimum distribution is. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that has to get done and they want some cash flow during the year, but they don't really want to pay the government early if they don't have to. Right. Okay, so they set up a systematic withdrawal that covers up a certain portion of their required minimum. Mm-hmm. Okay, and these aren't the numbers. I'm just going to throw it numbers. It could be monthly. It could be quarterly. Yeah. Whatever. Let's just say their required minimum is fifteen thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. Um, and let's say they know to cover their previous year withholding or their previous year taxes, they need five thousand withholding. Okay, so they're going to get ten. Right. So what they do is they set up the 10,000 to come out quarterly, 2,500 with no withholding. Right. And then in December, when they, you know, now they, you know, they're going to make the final IRA required minimum distribution. Right. It's going to be 5,000, but now they want to elect 100% of it to go to withholding. Right. There you go. No estimated payments help with cash flow through the year. Right. And that's not a concept that our new clients come up with on their Mm -hmm. own nor by the way is their cpa telling them how to do it nor by the way is their investment advisor telling them how to do it and you know honestly as we've seen as clients since we've been around so long as people get older they don't want to have to worry about estimated payments they have enough to do they're getting overwhelmed things are you know so we have a lot of older clients that we've had a hard time transitioning because that would that's what they always did to but they now that they've done it through withholdings they said oh my gosh this is so much easier it's easier to keep track of they don't have to worry right now let's also so but let's talk about the third quarter because that's what we're up next week on third quarter so let's say um well that's how can i set this up um okay so you got to, you know, if 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 you, um, you know, in other words, at this point, you kind of start want to reviewing your year to date data. OK, to see, you know, did you have any surprises, you know, tax surprises I'm talking about? Um, you know, was anything changed? Do you need to raise more money by the end of the year? Things like that that could cause more taxes. Right. Um, well, you have to kind of review that maybe for the court. Now, not necessarily carry if you, if you knew you were just going to use the previous year safe harbor, right? Mm-hmm. Cause if you're going to use a previous year safe harbor, there's no, you don't need to know what's happening this year. Right. You know, you just got to make sure you're timely paid in, right? But let's say in April, you're on the fence. 
you didn't know if you were going to use or should be using the previous year's safe harbor or current year's safe harbor, right? Well, now you have to, you know, so in those cases, a lot of times our clients will and will, and will say, well, you might want to, if you're not sure in April, you might want to get started on the previous year's safe harbor. Because you can't, and because if that's what you end up doing, you're you're on track. You're timely. Right. All right. But you may want to review that by the third quarter because now maybe by now you realize you don't want to be on the previous year's safe harbor, especially if that's 110% and you know this year it's going to be a lot less. And that's a 20% right. swing from 110% of last year right. to a 90% in the current year, right? Mm-hmm. That's what, That could be some material. Um, right. So, so now... You review and say, okay, I was on pace to keep the 110% with my first two quarterly estimates, but now I'm going to scale back because mm-hmm. now I know I'm going to be on a current year safe harbor. Now, some people, the third quarter is still too early to do that because there could still be surprises. Right. So they might not make that call until the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So, so the rule here is if you're on a current year safe harbor, you need to, and making quarterly estimates... You need to keep track during the year. How are you? Are your assumptions holding true? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if you're just going to do it by withholding, it's less of an issue because you can just say, "Okay, in December, I'm going to make the final decision. Am I going to go on a previous year? Am I going to go on a current year? I'm going to. I know I'm going to take the money out. You know, and that. Now, that type of thing. Now, you mentioned Social Security. Yeah. Now, the default for Social Security is no withholding. Right. Social Security does not support Ohio withholding. No, they only do federal. But you have to elect it. You have to choose it. Right. And they give you certain options. You can't just, you know, there's only four or five options. So, yeah. So that's something that you have to actually elect, all right, uh, if you want withholding on Social Security. Um, now, the another one, too, uh, you know, that we, we see sometimes is um, – you know, it, it, you're, it is on the the assumptions. Remember, I said the robots. The default is just to put you on the previous year safe harbor, right? And the what one of the things is that the robot it sometimes makes bad assumptions because mm-hmm. the robot's not smart enough to know the difference unless okay. you tell it. Right. So, for what do I mean by that? Well, a very common one that we we catch clients all the time on this is that the robots can assume whatever you had in withholding the previous year is going to be the same amount of withholding you have this year. And that can be a bad assumption. Right. Okay. So for example, the most common one, let's say you were working last year and you had a bunch of withholding. And now I'm not working. So no withholding. But unless you tell the robot that it's going to assume the same amount of withholding as last year. Okay, um, and then so you got to remember. And again, we've not seen a lot of CPAs go back to our clients. Now, if it's something is drastic like that, hopefully the CPA is it gives a heads up, you know, right. and knows that. But let's just say it's just mine. Let's just say the in the previous year you did a certain annuity distribution or something that you don't do every year, and you had some withholding done. Well, the robot's going to assume the same amount of withholding this year. So when you, if you're working with a tax professional and they have you on the previous year safe harbor and you got, and, and you know for sure that your withholding was different in last year compared to what it's this year, make sure you have the discussion with them. 
because they might have to adjust. And if they if they say, yeah, we, we've got you on the previous year safe harbor. This is what your third quarter estimate is going to be. But it was assuming a certain amount of withholding last year. And you know that withholding is incorrect. Right. You better have that discussion mm-hmm. if you want to be smart about it. Right. right. Um, so those are... Um, yeah, so, so and that's why you know we always say we're very active planners at the state planning team. We you know and and this is just we've been helping clients this and 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 it usually just takes one or two cycles, Carrie, and then our clients get it right. And I think that's a great example of kind of the default when you let the cards fall where they may. Sometimes isn't in your best interest for cash flow for taxes. You know why let the government you know use your money when you could right now um, and. You know, and and it, it's just being smart about it. It's it's we don't always say getting a big refund is the best thing, especially as you, as you were saying, Carrie, with the the way interest rates are working right now. But we also we're okay if you owe money on April fifteenth, right. as long as you're not being pe- interest penalty, right. and you know the bill that's coming. Right. You don't want to get a big bill because you met your previous year safe harbor, and then that. Right. can cause a cash flow issue for some people. So and and so if we're we don't want it to be a surprise on April 15th that you owe money. We want to be part of that's why we do most of our year end planning now. Right. So we're we're working with our clients or getting and, and a lot of people say, "Well, Mark, well how do I get that? How do I if I'm on a current year safe harbor, how do I get year to date information?" And this I always scratch my head. It's just like, "Well, the, the main things we're looking for that you probably know what your pension is. We know right. what your social security is. We know what your RMD is. If you're taking RMD. Maybe you want to start looking at, can you, are you using a standard deduction versus itemizing? Right. Or, but usually it comes down to how much is my interest, dividends and capital gains going to be? Right. This is where you need to call your investment advisor and say, Hey, and throw me a bone. Ask me my year to date. Got, you want to be asking for year to date realized capital gain loss reports you want to be asking about a year to date or a, 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 a projection for how much dividend income is going to be how much interest income is going to be a lot of your 32 page statements may actually have that on that you just right. don't know where to find it back to the issue you know make you know that's what they're there for a lot of us you know just mark what questions are i be asking my other right. advisors we know gary i hear the music all right let's get out of here call the estate planning team for a free consultation or come out to our september ira and roth classes Call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Go Browns! Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.